We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode is brought to you by Impulse Creative's Video Marketing Masterclass. George B. Thomas built out an 11-module on-demand course on how to leverage video in your business at impulsecreative.com forward slash VFM for Video Masterclass. So there you have it. Remington, welcome back to our show. Man, I'm excited to, to have a conversation with you today. Our show. Isn't that, isn't that fun? It is fun. It's great. It's cool because like, I like the idea of just having these conversations because we have so many good ones and we ought to just re- record all of them, which I guess we sort of do. Anyway, video first, right? Um, yeah. But like this, it's sort of me interviewing you, but it's sort of just having a conversation. And so, uh, so I'm excited for this one. We're going to talk about, as you said in the intro, uh, the, the move again, mm-hmm. a little more in depth into the messaging of the move. Yep. Um, and, and man, we've topic. had this. And yeah. Topic. Yeah. And we've had this conversation a couple of times. So, because I'm just so fascinated by it, number one, but, um, sure. so yeah, so let's dive in Remington. Um, when we made this move, when you decided to make this move, we had to do two communications, one to the team, which we talked about last time mm-hmm. and how you wanted to make them all comfortable and this kind of thing. So now we're going to dive into more of the public facing messaging. Sure. Why is it important for us to, to kind of get that message out there ahead of time when it's just, it's just a move, no big deal. Right. right. Yeah. So beyond the normal, um, beyond the normal, like telling your customers you've moved so they don't go to the wrong place. (laughs) It's, um, it's really important because I I feel like the world, especially online are just cynics, right? Like they, they like, Oh, that place must've gone out of business. Um, and, and we spend so much time building a brand, building confidence, getting people to know, like, and trust us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can lose that in an instant. It's like lying to your best friend, right? Like, like you build up all of that relationship and then, and then you can totally just like blow it away. And there's a lot of things intentional and non-intentional that can cause, um, we'll just call it like rough seas in that regard. And, and so when we're thinking about, when we're thinking about how the communication goes, like, one-on-one with the customers, there's obviously that, that pitch that we have to bring across. And an example is um, the video we put out about our move, right? That was a very um, calculated, um, a very calculated move for us. And so one of the reasons is, is because, you know, I've moved, so we've had the agency over 12 years now. I think we've moved five, six times, right? Um, Only once in the past five years or in the past six years. Um, and so as we were growing and trying to figure out who we are, um, you know, there are some lessons we learned. Um, and I think that's the big thing. So, you know, I had a, I had a conversation this morning with another agency owner. He's like, I, you know, I'm just going through these, these peaks and valleys. And I'm like, well, that means you're alive. <laughs> right. Fair point. <laughs> but, um, but as, as you, you know, as you start thinking about the move and thinking about the PR of it, I mean, this is, this is, PR has been in industry for a long time and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it could come across as the spin, but I don't want people to take the spin as like inauthentic, um, you know, but our job as marketers, and this is like a big thing um, is to worry about the optics of a situation, right? Um, you can, you can be moving for all of the good reasons and you could have one person that, that says that you're doing it for a wrong reason. And then that's the one that gets, um, that's the one that gets the news article, if you mm-hmm. would. Right. So, 
So there's just a lot of that stuff. But then, then the idea is, is to try to uh, mitigate the risk. And so when we start thinking about it, you know, now I'm shifting from a marketer's point of view to more of a, like the business owner and operations point of view, we've got to one, let everyone know we're moving. And then two, we've got to completely understand that, um, that when we move, our sign is coming off the old door. And unlike mail forwarding or phone forwarding, there is no, we've moved unless you're paying rent at the old place too. <laughs> right. Cause, cause another yeah. business is going to step in there. So yeah, uh, the new business that's going to step in there is not going to have any idea who the heck you are. And so when they do step in, they're going to be like, Oh, no, we're here now. And that's pretty much as far as it's going to go. So if there are people that are looking to become your customer, um, those are like, that's where a lot of the money is. Right. If they, if they just have known that you've been there forever, um, they're going to lose trust before they, you even have a chance to build it. And so, you now add in the the social media of it all and it adds a whole nother layer of complexity. So it's, it's been, it was just one of those things. I'm glad it worked out the way that it did. I'm sure we still have people like, where the heck are you? What the heck happened? But like we wanted to try and control that message as much as possible. And, and I like to what you've said in the past about control versus influence, right? Mm-hmm. We, we'd like to think that we control the message uh, when we put things yeah. out, but it's really more influence, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing I heard you say too, Remington, was um, us as marketers. Yep. So obviously we're a marketing agency, but but what I think the subtext is in my mind is you as the owner mm-hmm. and us us as the marketing department, but you as the owner have to think like a marketer in a way. We're all marketers. Yeah. Right. I mean, whether you're in the marketing department or you're in customer service or you are in sales, wherever you are, like marketing is that beginning of a conversation in hopes of bringing someone in as a, as a client yep, or as a repeat client, right. To, to upgrade or whatever. So like, so yeah, I mean, we're all marketers. We have to think that way to say, okay, how's this going to be perceived? Um, you know, what's, what's going to happen out there? Can, can that one squeaky wheel really make all the noise or can we actually kind of influence everybody else? Right. Um, so one of the things too, that I, I remember we, us talking about is um, the perception of growth equals bigger mm. office space, right? Right. We, we, we have this huge building. We're on the fifth floor now of this building. We're on, we have, we have a corner office, yep. but in reality, that's not the, that's not today's world really. I mean, you and I are yeah. talking 2000 miles apart, right? Right. Or however far it is from Michigan to yeah. Florida. It feels like you're right there. I can just touch it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but in today's world, it's not always about the office space, mm-hmm. the, the, the footprint geographically. It's about our digital footprint. And so, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the thought process of that. How do you show people that while you're you're growing and everything's great, we're actually going to change our geographical footprint? Sure. Yeah. So that's a great question. So we run into um, so you run into the again the optics, right? The old school way of doing business is uh, if we move into a larger location, we're doing better. If we move into a smaller location, we're not doing as good. Um, and, and then you have this new like era that's happening is like, as a customer, I go to hire another company. Um, do you want to hire a company that 50% of the money that you, that you spend with them is going towards their marble, their marble floors and their 50,000 square feet of office space? Or do you want to have that money going towards talent? Hmm. 
You know what I mean? So there's, Great, there's yeah. a different, there's a different way of looking at it. Now I'm not, I'm not damning a really nice office. Like we, we invested in this office. This office is officially a thousand square feet um, down from four, you know, and the optics were, holy crap, is everything okay? Like we talked to a couple of clients about the fact we were moving and that was the first response. And so um, those are customers. And so when we start thinking about that, yeah, it's this, I think we're just like trained from the very beginning, right? That, that as we grow, like we, that we have to grow, we have to grow, we have to grow, but growing doesn't mean um, more in a lot of cases, growing can be, you know, increasing margin. And that doesn't mean a lot of companies just hunt for margin with growth in, in revenue when there's a huge opportunity for companies to increase margin by, by lowering costs and waste. Right. Um, and so, so when we were looking at renewal on the lease, it was, it was like a no brainer to us. And then the next step was that communication. So it's, it's a, I think that anyone who's calculated and understands business would totally get it, especially with like a tweetable sized answer. But the problem is, is the people that you are needing to influence to make sure they realize everything's okay. Haven't, haven't been invested enough to even read that tweet. So now you've got to make it so that that first assumption, that first, um, that first feeling they have with you is like, Oh yeah, maybe, um, maybe these guys are okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, right. that kind of thing. So that was a, that was a big area, um, right. of concern there. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and, and I, I like too how we, we're proactive instead of reactive. I think that's important. Um, it's a lot uh, easier. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, and it just like, it, it's a lot easier. I mean, that's absolutely right. And, and I think that it, when you get out in front of things, so let's say for instance, you know, when, when we downsized, mm-hmm. we, you, you had extra furniture, right. You just get rid of and, and like sell to someone who could use it. And so we, you know, you could use things like Craigslist or eBay or Facebook marketplace. Mm. And if we have the message out there ahead of time, People aren't going, wait, you're liquidating? Oh crap, now what? Right. right. Exactly. So, so tell me about that. How, how did that, yeah. like, like, did that play out for us? Did we have anybody go say that or did we get out in front of the message ahead of time? So, so interesting. Um, so we did get out ahead of it this time. And I say this time because um, we, was it about two and a half years ago, we, um, we decided that we wanted standing desks. And so we had, I think it was 14 standing desks at the office that we wanted to purchase. So what do you do when you purchase desks? You have to get rid of the old ones. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, in that case, we, we're not moving or anything. It's literally just around Christmas time, we're replacing desks and we were, we were saying, Hey, we've got, we've got 10 desks. Um, who wants it? Right. And it was, it was like, please take it away. Um, and, and we had a couple of people like, Oh, is everything all right? What's happening? And that stuck with me because we were actually like, woohoo, super excited. We had desks that stand like sit stand desks. And yet the sentiment on Facebook was, Oh my God, these guys are liquidating all of their desks. That means they have no employees. <laughs> right. And uh-huh. so, so that was, that was two and a half years ago. So then it was like one of those, like, Often, like, I would not have been like, oh, I have to think about this when I move. But then a couple of times that since then, I've seen, I've witnessed it on social media. And, and I'll be honest, as a consumer, I thought it too. And, um, and it just happened 
right after we, um, we did our move, I have a colleague that, you know, fellow business owner, he's in growth mode, he's moving in a new, new location. And he basically is just selling all the stuff that he wasn't using. Cause that takes space, right? And you can have productive space and all that jazz. Um, you know, I, I like to make the joke, like all the people in the garage with all the, their garages, but their cars parked outside, like, <laughs> right? 99% of them aren't using that stuff. Right. And what would, what would happen if everyone, if you just had that garage sale, everyone's going to be like, Oh man, I wonder if they're hurting for money. Like it's just, a, it's just societal. Like we think about the worst case, um, someone's sick and you're like, Oh my God, are they dying? Right. You know, we even think about that. So, um, and why do we do that? I mean, that's a whole different podcast, but like, what yeah. is wrong? Like, right. Can we just be positive, please? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, um, so when we looked at, when we looked at moving, um, you know, it would have been nice to have a longer ramp for, um, for selling our stuff probably could have made, you know, a little bit more money off of it. Um, but we didn't want to pay to move it cause that increases costs. And, um, and then at the same time we needed to make sure we got out our message and had people working and made sure all the employees were comfortable in the new spot. So that internal messaging was, Hey guys, look at this new place. Everyone's like, Oh, this is cool. This is going to work. Like the office was fully set up in the new location before we even sold publicly the first thing that we did because we want to make sure the team was good. And then we put out that video and then two days later um, we started selling stuff. So then everyone's like, Oh, they're moving to Babcock. It's more of like, what are they buying? Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than the negative sentiment that was kind of put in there. Um, and so we, we gained social in that regard. And I'm not saying that a hundred percent of people were like, Oh, like good for you, but, sure, yeah. but a resounding, a resounding congratulations on your move. It must be nice to be a little bit lighter. Right. I mean, that's really what it came down to. So, um, so that I would say mission accomplished there. And of course we still get the stragglers. No. Um, why is your door closed? What it's open. Oh, I guess, I'm at the other location. Right. Right. <laughs> right? You know I what I mean? It, and yeah. that just goes to show that not everybody's on social all the time or sees everything you do. So you have to keep hitting it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so it's been good, but um, it's been a resounding, like we just had a client come down from Chicago and um, came in for lunch. It was like, this place is freaking awesome. Um, you know, we really didn't have too many people asking to come to the other location. So it's from an optic standpoint, I think we did a really great job of highlighting the good. Um, and that's what's marketing job. That's what's, that is what marketing's job is to highlight the good. Right. And so, but we also don't want to have all that too much success porn out there. Right. Absolutely. And sp so speaking, going back to message, yeah. um, you talked about the video, how that worked. So we did a, a multi-pronged approach. We had a video that we created, which I mean, Noel did a fantastic job. I love the drone yeah. footage and stuff like, and, and your messaging, you know, great delivery on that. Um, and then we had uh, a traditional news release or press release mm -hmm. done. And then we had a blog, we had the, the social media stuff. How, how vital is it to do that multi-pronged approach and really, and even still like not have everybody hear it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We, the one thing we didn't do was send out a, like an automated e or phone blast to everyone. Right. That for the record people, but like, <laughs> but like that's probably the only way. And we still would have missed some people there too. But so I think, um, there's a lot of channel, there's a lot of channels that you've got. There's, um, you know, and we still have it for the record on the bottom of our bottom of our email signatures for every employee we've moved. Here's our new address. But, um, you've got all these different channels that people prefer to communicate in, uh, whether it's Facebook messenger, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, 
you know, email, the website, like all these things that people are going to expect the information to be. Um, and, and you also like, if you look at the traffic sources of your website, like those are the ones to start with. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Because right. people are, in, are invested and in, in coming to you for a certain reason. So they got to know, you know, where you're at. They got to know, like, and trust you. Um, imagine someone driving 45 minutes to get to an office and then you're not there. Right. Right. Um, so, so that was a big thing. We just had to deploy it in a way that we let the most amount of people know, but then also have the message. Like, I think this is actually, I'm just thinking about this now. We have a message that we put out that is, um, we're excited about where we're going. Not, uh, don't worry. We're still here. Cause we, cause we didn't put that out. We put a little bit more of a message internally to our customers in the, in the in, inside team, like, don't worry, we're still here kind of thing. But, but the amount of additional eyeballs that you have potential in going to when you're thinking about a move is a whole nother area. Right. Um, and in this case, we moved about a half hour away from where we were previous. So most companies are only going to move like 10 minutes down the street. Yeah. Um, so another thing too that I wanted to can I ask about uh, I, I like I when I when I helped so I, I helped create this message for us and yep. when I was helping with that yeah, great well thanks um, I really enjoyed the idea that we're moving to this new place called Babcock Ranch that is 100% solar powered has this really amazing environmental like low environmental impact yep. Um, you know, there's this brand new thing that the new founders square, the, the stores that are there, the restaurant and everything. Like, it's just this really cool, almost like a cause marketing type thing. You know, Mark yeah. Schaefer talks about that marketing rebellion, um, you know, using like Nike as a cause marketing poster child, but this is a little bit right. different, but it's mm-hmm. still kind of that cause marketing. Um, talk to me about how, how that played into your decision, Remington, to, to suggest that. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is, um, so that came out of conversation. I don't know if, even if you know about this right now, that came out of conversation with you and a couple others here. Um, it was not the single finding to factor in, in what we were doing. It was really downsizing, um, a, more of a cultural fit, which ties into some of those, those things from an ep- or economic impact and mm-hmm. environmental impact. Um, I, if I did it myself, and this is where I love being a part of a team. If I did it myself, it would not have been mentioned the way that it was. And a lot of the feedback that I got about it was how awesome, um, how awesome things are that we thought that way. Right. And so I'm saying this like, you know, candor, I'm saying this like I didn't directly think that way. It did influence my decision in, in liking the area and how I feel about, you know, the, the, the community and that kind of thing. And that's very much community around the area. But, um, what was really amazing in that regard is that it wasn't just, um, while it was me speaking in the video, um, it wasn't me, um, alone. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. And I, I think that that, that really kind of allowed for us to leverage things, um, more effectively is because it was multiple points of view. Um, you know, yours, uh, you know, other people in the office, Noel, from a videography point of view, he could have made my words the exact same way that I had them come out in a very dark tone just by changing out, changing out some of the visuals. Right. But so, so I think that's probably my favorite part. Um, but the goal, the guardrails and the goalposts were, we're happy to be here. Um, come see us. 
um, let's buy, let me buy you lunch. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that came across really well and really friendly and two people have taken me up on that so far. So That's awesome. you know, it's only a couple of weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that offers out there folks. If you're listening, yeah. check yeah. out the Babcock ranch. Um, Come on down. Absolutely. So I, I, so one of my takeaways from that was as a, as a leader, you have to be able to um, listen first and talk last mm. and be willing to be a part of that team. So, yep. I mean, entrepreneurs, you got to be careful of that. And that's funny because I hadn't even thought about this, but our, a recent conversation we had about distributed team and communication, and we can talk about this in our next episode, the, your idea that as we use Slack, mm-hmm. we just communicate, but you can also do this in person, this drive by management. Mm. And yeah. so whether, whether that's it's a mind blowing dude, mm-hmm. it, crazy. Right. And, and, and I've heard it said differently, but similarly, I guess that sounds really dumb, but like, but yeah, drive by management. Don't just say, Hey, this is an idea. And everybody's like, Oh shit, we got to do what the founder says. We got to do this right now mm-hmm. or whatever the, the C-level person, right? This is just an FYI. This is just right. a suggestion. This right. is more of a wish. This is a please do it. Right. And so, right. yeah, if I start shaking people's heads, no, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 you're, yeah, you're, you're super it. aggressive. Right. <laughs> um, but it's the same kind of thing. Like be willing to listen to others ideas and go, Oh, that's really cool. So yeah, job well done. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to, to one thing that we talked about earlier before we wrap up here. Uh, influence versus control. Mm. So I kind of have in my mind the way this works, you know, but Sorry. I want to, I want to hear from, from you as, as our captain. Uh, how does that work? Into, and, and like, man, you've been doing this for, you know, 12 years now with the agency. Yep. We've been working with companies all around the country uh, social media, you're obviously huge, huge in social, this kind of stuff. How do we strike that difference between trying to control and just simply influencing a message? Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyone that has kids knows that they can't control their children. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, and or, or cats or dogs even. <laughs> well, right. Exactly. Now you can influence them. Um, sure. I think it's, a, I, I think it's the same thing. Um, Maybe it's like herding cats. There you go. But no, I think that um, I think that as companies, forget the human element for a second. As companies, we have to try and control a message. Um, a perfect example of who does this amazingly um, in the past has been Slack. Mm-hmm. Like Slack, Slack was down, and their responsiveness and their triage team for controlling controlling the the issue from a public facing point of view was on point. Like I, I remember reading articles about like they, people jumped on, like it was like all hands on deck on social channels by multiple people who wouldn't on a normal day to day be managing that kind of thing um, because they wanted to control, they wanted to control the message. Um, I think that 10 years ago you could control the message I don't think you can control the message right now unless um, actually, no, there's no, unless you can't control the message right now, but you can't influence it. And, and if we, and I'm not going to go political, but you can look at how people over the past few years has, have rebuted like completely like discredited the news as an industry mm-hmm. um, because, because of bias. Right. And as companies, um, while that's, well, I'm not even going political on that. Like they're, the news is like, they've got the eyeballs, they've got the screen time, they've got all of those things. Um, and yet if, if you, you can't really call it controlling the message as much as 
influencing it. And I think as companies, like from a media company kind of point of view, if we think about and we're intentional on our messaging, we can influence. And and the, you can get closer to that control side if you're very calculated with who your audience is because they're going to build relationships with you online and off, right? Look at how many people get married um, through online dating and that kind of thing. Like that's still an influence. Did that, did, did the online, you know, methods make that happen? Probably not. But when you think about from a company point of view, strictly company, the CEO is going to want to control the message. Um, what I think to your point that really turns out to be is they want to influence the message in their way, showing their bias and bias from a company point of view, isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as it communicates effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, yeah, good luck trying to control. Right. Right. But and, try. I <laughs> and I think of it too, like what you said earlier about, um, we, we didn't walk, come out with our message and say, everything's okay. Just right. know that we're moving. We came out, we're like, dude, we're excited. Right. Uh, so influencing it in that way, being positive, giving it that spin. And then the other thing too, that we encouraged our team members to share and comment and be a part of it. We don't require it. We certainly right. want them to, but, but we, yep. and we do love it and we encourage them to do that, you know, and we do that through our, our LinkedIn posts, our, our Facebook posts, you know, Hey, favorite this tweet, whatever, like, and, and that's something that we ask for, but also it's just part of our culture. And so having those folks come in and do the same thing, it's not just the impulse creative logo doing it. It's our entire team. So, right. and, I, and, and that is, those are people who you can know, like, and trust, mm -hmm. right? No one's going to know as much as I love branding no one is going to know, like, and trust a brand. They're going to know, like, and trust the humans behind the brand. And that, so, so when you start with these messaging, you know, this messaging and the things that, the, that you're working on, this really turns into like how you have to be intentional about it, right? Because you've got to make sure that the team is aligned. Um, Darmesh and uh, Darmesh said in an inbound, I think it's two years ago now, um, he's talked about aligning the vectors, Right. And, and essentially you've got to try and align all the vectors um, so that you get everything pointing in the, in the right direction. Um, Darmesh Shah from HubSpot, mm -hmm. rockstar. Co-founder and CTO mm -hmm. and super introvert yet amazing on stage. I love that. Right. I know. I know. Good guy. Cool, man. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah. Again, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. So next time we're going to talk about internal communication I think that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, man. I might, sure. learn, I might learn some things about myself in that one. <laughs> it's almost like a therapy session for the founder. Right. right? Co -founder, yeah. Right? yeah, for yeah sure. communi communication with a distributed team. I'm really excited about this one too, because I just, man, I'm just always excited. I don't know. I'm just a positive. <laughs> it annoy, annoys my wife. She <laughs> not be so optimistic for once. No. Um, it's great. But, it, but what's cool though about the next one is, is talking about the distributed team. We are 50% distributed team. Mm -hmm. More and more companies are getting into that. This whole work from home idea, even in strict buttoned up corporate America, work from home has become this, this growing thing. So yeah. how do you communicate with a distributed team and continue that culture that we have? So uh, look for that in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and this is obviously we're growing this right now. Um, I think we should talk about the transition to a distributed team and because I think those two would come together really well. And I think there's a lot of people battling with that right now. So, okay, let's do it. We'll, we'll do it. I'll ask the producer. Let's, let's let's roll roll okay. <laughs> Boom.
Awesome, man. Very cool. Hey, uh, and then also on the very next episode, after this one, uh, we're talking yeah. about Tetra's growth with Nelson Joyce, one of the co-founders. So we're excited about hearing there again. Yeah, Tetra. so much lined up, people. you got to subscribe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hit that hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and uh, sign up for the newsletter. So sweet. Excellent, man. Hey, thanks, and uh, yep. we'll see you next time. Peace out, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend. Give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.